Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Julie, over to you. <laughs> I can hear a buzzing. I was waiting for the buzzing to stop. God. Yeah. Hello and welcome to DNI Spy. I'm Dr. Julie Humphreys. And Dr. Julie is sat in her um, small work from home desk, so I can only and just see her eyes over the top of the screen. And I'm Natasha Whitehurst, and I'm, you might notice that we're not together today. I'm in Manchester. Um, outside of the uh, we're at both outside of the studio natasha is on a very dodgy set of headphones which we will try and clear that sound up for everyone and but interestingly natasha has had a new fringe cutting which is looking very funky <laughs> i'm not sure you can refer to my fringe as funky that isn't think, cool really is I think, it no, oh is it not is that fun? Oh, fun. okay what's what is it bougie or is that not the right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I love Bougie, from, I believe it was one of the episodes we're going to talk about today. So we're here um, to talk about a, the wrap-up of season two. We're going to give you uh, a little bit of an overview of all of the episodes. And you can hear about Natasha talking about how bougie she is. Let's start with episode one of series two, shall we? Uh, that was Let's a great kickoff with Paul Russell. He talks about the power of labels, uh, how we give ourselves labels and how others allocate labels to us. And it was actually a really well-received episode. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> No, just nodding along with you, Dr. Julie. Oh, I like I like the nodding along. That's good. It don't usually you just you come in and have a go at me. But okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna say why I like the episode then. Uh but first of all, let's hear a little clip. Under the queer umbrella, there's constant shifting and exploration um for many people on their journeys. And you know, if we took away if we took that away, then potentially people could be unhappy or not be living their truest self or their fullest life. So, yeah, I suppose that is the um, downside of pigeonholing someone. So, that was a couple of minutes of Paul and his dulcet tones. Um, just as a reminder, he's a, a, he's a vocal coach uh, to the stars. So, that's why he has such great addiction. Um, so, it was a lovely listen to him uh, for that whole episode. He was talking about the fact labelling people actually can limit our curiosity about people. And I really liked that idea that um, it's something that's, that, that really can stop us thinking about how we perceive people um, if we start just giving people labels. Mm. I really like, I agree. And I liked that he also talked about just like labelling isn't always a bad thing. I think, you know, he used the example of like going to the supermarket and 
buying bread and actually labels are really really helpful um, (laughs) because they tell you what things are and I think there is an element of that and I think I've really reflected on that episode myself since and how we refer to people and how we think about people and I've been really mindful about labels in my mind as well since that chat so um really powerful episode and especially like the touching on um the word queer that was um that's resonated with a lot of people a lot of people yeah definitely i mean the episode was a lot of fun um there's a lot of laughter in the episode there's a bit of greek mythology there's a bit of you talking about stroking your mulberry handbag and it was be bougie um but you're right the word queer came up um with a really good discussion and that actually kick-started one of our lovely listeners who contacted us after listening to the episode and saying that he really saw um a parallel with the n-word and he'd like to come on and do nice by and talk about it and so that was Terence oh. Paris and we invited him on saying so you'll see that there's a bonus episode across season two that you can listen to um I think it's about 12 minutes um so yeah take a listen to listen to that and hear Terence's views on the word uh, queer and how it relates to the n-word awesome so then we move on to um episode two of season two and that was jason wilson and we talked about growing up with a parent in prison and jason is um very open and honest in the episode about you know he's the son of a career criminal um and about the experience of growing up with that parent in prison and I mean, I think you can hear from from listening to it. This was an episode that, like, really, it it was really emotional for me, and it it actually it I came away almost like quite exhausted from from that kind of output of of experience in it, and and on a lot of reflection, I think. But the piece um, that really stood out to me. Let's hear that first, and then we can um, we can talk about it some more. I suppose my thinking is. Um... It's really about socially being yourself. Uh, when I was growing up, and I wish I had someone to say, is you can have a lot of prejudiced people, but they're, they are a minority, they're a loud minority, and really you have to be indifferent to them because they, they exist at every age you're at. Most people are okay and they'll accept you as you are, but the prejudiced people, you really can't allow them to um, intimidate you or force you into being silent or um, really you just have to learn. They're part of life, these people. Um but the more loud, the louder and more visible you are, the, the quieter they go. And I think that's something like with this campaign and uh, this subject matter, that's what has to be done, really. So um, hopefully um, you'll start to understand why I chose um, this particular section. And it was because for me, it was Jason's top tip. And it came right at the end of the episode after a really, really interesting conversation, because I think we both went into it a little bit unsure actually of where the conversation was going to go you know we felt I certainly felt from reading the book actually was this glorifying being a criminal was it not what was the background and actually Jason was really candid about you know how he sees his dad as a businessman and actually the impact of having that breadwinner being his dad go to prison and the impact that having his mum and that lack of support for families when when, when there is a family member that goes to prison, and I don't think things have changed all that much in, in the time since, you know, since his dad was in prison, um, you know, what, it'll be over 20 years ago now. And his um, top tip was about, you know, don't allow people's prejudice to quieten you. And I think actually it was a, it was a tip that 
is probably applicable to lots of people. But for me, I just thought, you know, it's really easy sometimes for us all to listen to the loudest voices and allow them to really disrupt our thoughts. And, you know, he said, you know, the louder and more visible we are, whether that be, you know, whether we take that as like allies or or just even in life in general, you know, it, it means that those people that are prejudiced, they get quieter. And, you know, I just, for me, it just really stood out. And, and I just thought it was a great conversation that, yeah, like I say, I took a lot from. Yeah, you were quite emotional during that one, which is, you know, which it was quite a difficult one for you, wasn't it? Um, and, and for me, it, I, I completely agree with, with everything that you said. I'll just add that, um, it actually, it, it meant that our listeners contacted us again. So I was contacted yeah. by someone uh, called Cara from um, a charity called Children Heard and Seen, um, which is great because, you know, that that's what we wanted to do with these podcasts and these episodes was actually yeah. for, to start conversations to, um, to, to, to have these episodes to be used as a resource for people. Um, so yeah. it was super to be in touch with Cara. Um, she was talking about um, her charity um, and trying to get the word out because obviously we touched on the episode that children have such a, a sort of a lack of support with, with mm. when parents go into prison. Uh, so she brought it to my attention that there's, you know, that her, her charity, Children Heard and Seen, is a, a real support um, and they give one-to-one support for children and they offer group yeah. work they take um the, the adults away they take the children away on weekend residentials you know to just to help them through that period so again it really for me it's an episode that didn't just last however long it lasted 30 40 minutes it actually sort of had ramifications wider yeah definitely so um after that episode episode three of season two um, we actually spoke to Dr. Heather Curry, MBE, and that was all about the menopause at work. Um, take a listen to this clip and we'll have a chat afterwards. There's been huge progress in the last few years. So menopause has been talked about for a long time, actually, um, but often it wasn't out as in the public domain. It wasn't talked about on television, on radios, as much as it is now. And that has had a huge impact. So it's now less likely that people are going to be shy and embarrassed to even say the word menopause. Um, and and so that's all good. What we've always wanted, we is the, the health professionals that are particularly interested in menopause. We've always wanted women to have access to the right information. Every single woman is different. Every single menopause is different. It's unique to each woman. And so there's never been a one size fits all and so for women to be able to understand and know what to look out for and know what to do, it requires them to have access to really useful information. And and so that is much more possible now because they're much more aware of the issues and, and hopefully able to go know where to go and look for trusted information. So that's really good. However, there is a not so good side of it in that some of the publicity is around a one size fits all. So, um, the episode started with me pronouncing my, na- my own name wrong. So that's always good. I was Dr. Hooley. <laughs> but he's right. <laughs> always rely on me to get something wrong, which is always good. Um, 
This was an interesting one for me because whereas the one with Jason got you emotional, the one with Heather got me emotional. Um, yeah. So it, we talked about the, the fact that menopause is the, it will women of the menopausal age is the fastest growing demographic in the UK, you know, in the workforce, um, which was a CIPD stat. Um, I think we did, we, we had some great advice um, from Dr. Heather. Um, I did get a little bit offended um, and we talked about language that was being used um, and, and you, I thought it was interesting when you pulled out the fact that there are multiple communities, uh, I think we called them splinter groups in, in the session, but uh, yeah, multiple communities um, that that have found their own voice as well. So I think um, it was a, a, an episode that actually covered many, many areas and interestingly, it was our most listened to uh, episode, um, which I think is interesting because it shows just the amount of interest there is in the menopause at work. And people talk about, you know, oh, I'm sick of talking about the menopause, stop, you know, blah, blah, blah. But actually, there's obviously a huge appetite for it. Yeah, I I agree. And I think I would just reiterate that point around um, the splinter groups. And I think in the roles that we do, we have a real role to play in making sure that everybody has access and feels included in the discussion and that it isn't just a, you know, a certain demographic within women that get access to support and being able to have the conversation. And since we had the episode, I've had so many people in the day job talking to me about menopause. Today, I've been on the shop floor. I even got, um, I've been given a fan that has um, <laughs> menopause oh, facts I... on it. Um, oh, because wow. actually it's something, it's something that the um, the women um, in my day job felt was actually something really beneficial to them. It's something that they wanted. Um, and actually that was a kind of a, a piece of kit that I they did, requested. What, what kind of fan? Like electric fan or a like no, a like, fan? Um, like a flappy fan. <laughs> the people listening. I think it's a like bit more glamorous. I think, it has, <laughs> I think it has a more glamorous title than that. But oh, I right. just thought actually really good that that was something that they wanted, they needed, they'd asked for, and they've got. So actually, I thought that was awesome. Um, and they're company really... paid, were they? Company paid mm. fans, flappy fans. Yeah, I think between yeah between the company and other other kind of other kind of spaces. But I, it kind of got me thinking as well because. We yeah, I think this is just becoming more and more of a kind of key a key topic. And just going back to what Dr. Heather said, I think she talked as well about at the end about being curious and that theme of curiosity coming out again. And I think when we're talking about all of these topics, I think it's really important that we stay curious and don't assume what mm. people need and how they want to talk about stuff. And I think we also have since that episode, obviously seen that the government have decided not to put menopause in the um equality act as a kind of standalone yeah. haven't yeah. we, we and have. yeah. i i personally you know my personal view is that actually menopause should sit under disability and i think yeah you know maybe that is maybe maybe people have different viewpoints on that um yeah. but yeah i i think it was a really really impactful episode it's a conversation that's not going away is it that's right and she was a joy actually wasn't she she was really uh, yeah. it was a really lovely episode um and so knowledgeable so yeah that was uh, yeah. a great time we had with dr heather 
Okay, so swiftly moving on to episode four of season two. Um, and this was with Paul and Michael Atwell Bryce, and we talked about LGBTQ plus parenting and adoption. Um, so let's listen to the clip that I have chosen. Need to remember that you don't love somebody straight away. You care for them and you want to love them and you want to do all this. And when we got loads of the lines, I really struggled because I was like, well, I love them as much as I love Levi and Lucas. And I remember I just said it to one of our friends, one of our girlfriends one evening who's got three children. And the second says, you know, when you had your second baby, how did you feel towards the baby? Yeah. And she straight away, she said it as clear as day, mm-hmm. didn't she? She said she really struggled because she was worrying. Could she love that child as much as the first? And then I was like, so this is normal yeah definitely <laughs> you know and i really used to beat myself up about it oh. those issues no, those issues are not there by the way now nah. <laughs> <laughs> side note side note <laughs> yeah you know they're, they're, they're clearly not there but I, it's, it's about you know being open and honest all the time and yeah. even same-sex couples a, a woman that gives birth to children whether it's a second or third and how they have those feelings can they love that child the way they love their first, you know, all those kind of things. But it's just parents be open. So for me, this was, you know, just talking about a joy and, and energy mm-hmm. and a beautiful yeah. conversation. I mean, for me, I when I when I scribbled down my notes when I re listened to these episodes, I wrote down open, honest, candid, and my last word was beautiful. You know, my, Paul and Michael are fathers to two, not just one, two sets of twins. Um, One has, you know, severe disabilities and, you know, they were just they were just so open and honest about fostering and adoption as gay men and the joy and the challenges. And I just think that from the outside looking in, I think for for people more generally, after I've spoken post this episode being shared more widely, I think people have this assumption that being a gay or or part of the LGBT community and becoming parents means that it's a very different experience. And actually, it really isn't. It's about two brilliantly loving, wonderful people having a family and the ups and downs that come with that. And this that that snippet that I've shared is where they talk about is it is it normal, whatever whatever normal is to be um to to question whether you can love more children and actually the kind of the concept of adding more t- children to the family and i just thought it was a conversation that could have been ha- could have been had with any any family and any parents and i could see you nodding along and kind of going oh yeah actually like i i really like connecting with that com- that comment um about you know when you as a new parent you add to your family and and you expand and I just thought hopefully people who maybe aren't necessarily close to an LGBTQ plus couple or that community could actually learn something but see there's nothing to like be afraid of or that it's different because it's not it's exactly the same if that makes sense. Yes so yeah absolutely so we, we heard about that one in six adoptions um, across England are two same-sex couples and that's actually growing year on year and and Paul was talking about that he's from a challenging background himself um, yeah so 
it's I, I just found they were so open and honest um and and to your point they've actually provided care haven't they for over 20 children in their 10 years of fostering yep. so i think you know it was and it was wonderful to have them on because they are uh, ambassadors absolutely for a number of charities they are sort of media yeah. personalities themselves so it was it was great for them to find time to actually come on and you know for them to yeah. share their experiences with us oh, it's great to yeah and i i also just think i think my last thing would be that it's really like it's really made me think about do you know what whether i would actually choose to biologically if i could have children biologically maybe maybe that's something that will or won't be something that i'd be able to do but actually the number of kids that are in foster care or need of a home and that kind of loving environment actually like like have a look at have a look at other options um so that really right yeah like i say spoke to me awesome so after Paul and Michael, we spoke with Franstein Jones, B-E-M. Um, so yeah, Franstein, and I actually had a few conversations with Franz, uh, Franstein after um, mm. this episode. Uh, we spoke, if you remember, about domestic abuse and how yep. it specifically affects black women. Um, so I've chosen this clip, uh, take a listen, and then we'll I'll discuss afterwards. I think all my life, um, I've always been stereotyped as this angry, aggressive black woman. Um, and it's, it's not that I'm just passionate about what I do. I don't like injustice and unfairness. If someone is a victim or they need help, I'm there in a heartbeat to help them and I'll fight for their rights. Um, that's why I I do the job that I do, which is around equality and diversity. I've always been in trade unions where I've um, supported members if they're being treated to detrimental treatment. And I'm not afraid to speak truth to power. You see, the thing is, when you're subjected to um, behaviours that um, reduces your confidence, makes you think that um, you're making a fuss about nothing, or... You deserve it. You just seem to get quieter and quieter and you just accept the behaviour. I feel so strongly against that that I'm quite robust and forthright when I'm protecting or representing people. Just like, for an example, any parent would protect their child. But when I do it, or a black woman does it, people... Oh, you're scary, you know. Um, it becomes a trope. Very much so. And I've had those lived experiences of those tropes being sexualized, being criminalized, adultification. Um, so, of course, when it comes to domestic abuse, if it was between myself and a white woman, you'd probably be able to see her signs, her physical signs, mm. more easily than you would see mine. Um, and it's because of that lack of cultural understanding of how women from minority groups may present that we often don't get the support that we need. Um, we're left in danger. And sometimes we're passed from pillar to post through different agencies because they don't see it as their problem. But 
I can assure you that if I was white, blonde, blue-eyed, everybody would be rushing to help me. So I found it really interesting talking to Francine. Uh, we had some amazing feedback um, as well from a lot of people who um, saw our social accounts. We're on Twitter and Instagram for everybody uh, who doesn't know that. Um, and we had some, some really interesting interaction and direct messages um, around uh. this topic because people don't normally talk about it. And one of the quotes that really seemed to get picked up um, of Francine's was, if I was um, a white, blonde, blue-eyed woman, then everybody would be rushing to help me. And yeah. um, that that was a that was a, a direct quote that actually um, was the most shocking, I think, to people, that mm-hmm. there are people out there who don't identify as white, blonde, blue-eyed, uh, but actually are going through what is pretty much a sort of hellish experience and they don't feel they're mm-hmm. getting the support um that they should be we talked a lot also about sister space um and this was um sort of before um anything that had been discussed in the media about sister space um but we talked about it in in relation to valerie's law and the amazing work that sister space have done in relation to that um so yeah it it was a really interesting discussion um but that too was you know had times of levity and fun you know you tried yeah. to say that we're perpetrated a number of times and then just given up um it was <laughs> it, and it was brilliant and and again what i like about these things in our episodes are you know they're not just a uh let's listen and move on you know it's created debate it's created discussion in that and actually mm-hmm. it's created a, a connection between us and Franstein that will carry on and I think we'll continue to work together uh, which, which is you know exactly the type of of uh, outcome that we wanted yeah I think the only thing I would add to that is um that the interesting thing for me that's come out since and I think we had you know we've had discussions about this during and before we even send episodes out live um and and that is around the capitalization of the word black and yeah. i think that that's something that we need to explore in a future episode and i think that's something that yes. we need to look at because um there's a few like interesting articles that we referred to um as part of kind of our pre-work and when we're kind of exploring things and actually i think that's something that we really need to dig into and perhaps even have more than one person talk talk about that yeah, and that's the joy of these episodes, isn't it? That we can actually yeah. uh, spark um, just a thought, or someone can spark a thought, and we can then yeah. do an episode. And and that's what we did. Uh, we're not going to review this, but that's what we did with Terence Paris, as I said earlier, with the thoughts on the N word. Um, so please, if you're interested with, in that, please do go ahead and and listen. Um, it's a bonus episode, as I say, following the discussion about labels, and it's about ten to twelve minutes. But Terence Paris is a yeah. Um, a global leader within the DNI space. Awesome. So um, we then spoke with, uh, in our last episode of the season, which feels crazy, um, <laughs> we spoke to um, Joy Burnford and we um, we spoke about gender in the workplace and how men can be active allies. Um, this was, again, a, just a really, 
really really interesting conversation and let's listen to the clip that i um that i have chosen and um, we'll do that first what I'm talking about here is senior women and how you retain women into senior roles that are trying to juggle all of these obstacles, the caring responsibilities, the hormonal challenges, the you know, confidence issues, all of these things. And having, um, you'll have seen in my, my book, I interview um, a job share couple from who talent um, directors at John Lewis, and they are just amazing. And the, the stories they told, and they've moved from company to company in a job share, they can do three days a week work, but they have a really, really big role and they have each other to kind of work together with so it's like a team so they don't feel so lonely because often when you get to senior roles you can feel quite lonely yeah. as well they give each other the confidence to kind of go for the next step up and to be brave about those kind of decisions that they're doing it's all about collaboration and you know, we, we know that women are typically more you know have a great you know feminine traits around sort of collaboration and those sort of things so I think all of that and it's not necessarily just women I think you know men can get a lot out of job sharing as well and it's just sharing sharing the um sharing the role to enable more people to work in a flexible way um, to enable them to take those because some of those big jobs need people to cover and actually if you've got two people covering a role you've also got the benefit if one person goes off and has a baby or somebody's ill with covid or somebody's got mental health issues and they have to take a bit of time out you've got somebody who can cover that on holidays and you might think it's more expensive to have us paying somebody six days for a five-day job but actually the i think the upside is really really mm. interesting and I, i'm talking now to organizations about helping people get to do a pilot because some organizations are saying well how on earth do we start this we've never done it before and, and i'm really keen on enabling women um to not have to put a business case forward for this because at the moment you have to go in and say right we'd be a great job share and this is all the benefits and everything else and it's adding more <laughs> to their mm. stress and I'm like if organisations could think about it in a different way and actually really understand the benefits have I convinced you yet you? no no <laughs> sorry <laughs> I think I love the sound of that brilliant thank you no I'm, I'm here but for that so I chose that because I feel like it was a really provocative moment between us all and that was talking um about job sharing and it was about um it was about actually joy was really <laughs> Joy was really supportive of job sharing and I I think you're on reflection I think you're right about me obviously um that yeah. I am an absolute control freak um because I'm a perfectionist and obviously need help with that but I really I really I do really like the way Joy spoke of it and she talked about she's got a case study of um two senior uh, people in John Lewis who have um, been utilizing this model and actually as an employer it makes sense because you've then got two people that really know a space in an organization that can rely on one another but also I think the bit for me that I liked was that idea of balancing ideas off one another now I'm not saying that this is perfect and I'm not saying that every organization should do it tomorrow but I really do think that there is I, I don't know. I think there's something more to more in it, and I think I was always probably a little bit like you, like job shares. I'm not sure, but then I don't know. As a is it is it a good option for people that maybe maybe do want more flexibility in their work life to be able to get that and know that when they're not in work, there's someone there's someone that they trust that's picking up the other the other part of it. Don't know, but. So that was I'm the not bit gonna... that really, really spoke to me. <laughs> so I'm not going to rehash. I'm just going to say, if you want to listen to that, go and listen to the whole thing. I think, but interestingly, yeah. 
there was I don't know if you saw recently there was an article came out and it was it was um being talked about as work share not job yeah. share so yeah. that was an interesting angle as well um I mean work share has been around as a term for a couple of years but I think it's now being talked about as a a different word different name label mm-hmm. if you will um, yeah job share and maybe it'll just you know it'll take on a different life being called work share yeah but I, I I I enjoyed talking about um, you know personal situations with Joy. I think it was lovely. Uh, um, and again, another fun, fun, fun conversation about her book called "Don't Fix Women." Uh, um, and she gave us a few um, sort of models, didn't she? She talked about yeah. the behavioural traits and inclusive leaders, and her gender allies uh, matrix, um, and talked about yeah. her allies workshop. So. There was, I think it was um, full of some really interesting and sort of applicable and adaptable tools for people to use. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yes, yes. And we, we've both obviously written, we've both written the book. No, we haven't. We've both read <laughs> the book. Um, and yeah, I... I think like anything, and I think I probably wanted to say this when we were talking about menopause and completely forgot because, you know, my head goes sometimes, um, (laughs) is that we can't expect a community to be the solver of or the fixer of problems or anything for that community. So we can't just expect women to sort out equality. We can't just expect the LGBTQ plus community to settle the trans debate we can't we can't expect menopausal people to be the leaders and make it normalized to talk about menopause like everybody has to play their part and i think it goes back to again that piece around allies and you know we don't have to know everything but we can be supportive of our community and really help elevate voices um so yeah i think that was that was the bit that's kind of just been in my mind all the way through really yeah and i think you know for people who listen to this if they share the links and the episodes with maybe their resource groups or their networks um and then those conversations and that can start and we can start you know being that group of people who uplift each other yeah so what a great season two i think it it went by really quickly um, we've got a great Wait, season three. Yeah, it did. We've got great season three topics coming up as a direct result of um, some of the feedback we've got. We had a lot of feedback around language again, didn't we? So we're exploring that some more in yeah. season three around the language of disability. Um, there's neurodiversity that we're talking about. Um, the gift of stammering. We have a great guest yep. on. Um, around that um just some some super things coming up yeah and what i would say is that if you are enjoying what we're um sharing please do um like and subscribe um and the other thing is follow us on socials we're on twitter or on instagram um but get in touch let us know your thoughts and if you've got a particular viewpoint on anything that we're talking about um please do let us know because in the same way that terence came on and talked about the n-word we can absolutely do those magnified moments where we just have five, 10 minutes to discuss it in more detail. Um, and that might help other people's thinking in more detail as well. But 
on the uh, on the note of season three, we are taking a couple of weeks um, off. Hooray for us! A little holiday <laughs> um, to get ready for season three, which, as we say, is going to be awesome. And that will go live on the eighth of March um, for International Women's Day. You can find us on Twitter. Our handles are in the show notes below. And if you've liked what you've heard, please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically. Thanks for listening.